Unite and Win episode six. This past weekend I sat down with my friend Andy Ryan Felty at Welcome Stranger Tattoo, his shop in Dallas, Texas. And I tattooed with him for the weekend and we talked tattooing, his career and everything in between. Without further ado, this is the time that we shared for you. Unite and Win episode six. Let's talk about how you got into tattooing. How'd you get your first tattoo? Um, how old were you? I was 14. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like the only yeah, person yeah, that waited yeah. till I was 18. Um, well, I did like, uh, so my first tattoo, um, you know, I was a freshman in high school and we were just getting into the emo kind of screamo scene. Sick. And uh, <laughs> a couple of my buddies said, gotten tattooed by this guy um in his house he was apparently he was apprenticing but he was tattooing minors for free in his house underage so Sick. uh <laughs> i was just like yeah and I, I did the whole thing i like drew it out and designed it it was yeah. a it was a heart with an x through it Ooh, and uh, bad boy got it on my chest <laughs> you still have it no i got it cut oh, yeah. oh man my buddy still has his though we got matching tattoos so did your parents know uh, first thing I did was go tell my dad. Really? Yeah. I've always had a really open and honest relationship with my parents. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it contributed a lot to the, to the way that I am today. Um, I just don't really feel the need to hide anything from anybody. So were they pissed? Uh, my dad was just more mad that it was, I wasn't responsible about it. You know, right. when you're young, you're invincible and you think that, you know, nothing can hurt you. And mm. the reality of it is, uh, yeah, I got tattooed on this guy's love sack that his dog slept on <laughs> you know, so, oh, and you know who knows you know he tattooed me with a metal tube and who knows whether that thing was clean or not but i saw him open the needles so i knew it was right, safe you know right, so, right. Uh, it was probably one of the most painful tattoos i've ever gotten and uh and you didn't yeah. know what you're in for though oh man yeah i mean you're I a didn't, child <laughs> yeah i didn't get another one until i was i got another one when i was 17 and but I, I waited. <laughs> Where'd you go for that one? Uh, so I, I, got, uh, I got tattooed by this dude from Jacksonville, Florida, named Kyle Miller. Um, and I got this big religious tattoo on my back. And uh, he did it at my girlfriend's house. He's a professional tattooer. Um, but he was, like, touring with some bands and mm -hmm. stuff. And uh, Little love sack guest spot. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, he was he was he was real nice to me, and I've since got that one covered up too. So. <laughs> what was it? What was uh, it? It was a big. It was just letters on my back that said "God is love" really big. Fuck yeah! yeah. Across the shoulders? Uh, no. It was, lower back? It, no, oh. no, no, no way. <laughs> no, definitely not the lower back. Um, it was mostly. It was. It's just in my like the corner of my shoulder. Oh, right, it's probably yeah. like. Yeah. That big. Uh, and it was like in spray paint letters. And oh, like kind of like flared out, like kind of that. Not, kind not of? that, not that. That's kind of how I wanted it. More like Mark uh, Echo, just like. But I didn't really have like <laughs> an. Yeah, it was kind of like Mark Echo, but it was like the opposite. It was like somebody laid the numbers on my or the letters on my back. And, oh, like and a drippy then, stencil. And then sprayed over it. Oh, so that's it had all this tough. crazy texture. It was a really good tattoo. Yeah. Not what I wanted, right. uh, or what I even expected. I just kind of. Because I was underage, he was just like, all right, 
you're getting what I want to do. Yeah, sick. And he didn't give me any choices, so. What did you blast over? Did you get like a full back piece eventually? Yeah, so uh, I got my full back done. I got uh, Chad Keplinger to cover oh, up my whole back. Whoa. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, who better to, you know. Yeah. Chad's not really afraid of anything. Fast and, like lightning, too. Yeah, did my whole back in five and a half hours. Fuck, that's kind of the worst part, too. Like, you cannot yeah. get used to a spot. It's, yeah. like, already over on your kidneys before you know it, and now yeah. he's hanging out down your spine. Well, it was fun because it was, like, five sessions, and it was probably, you know, 30 minutes to an hour per session. Fuck. Yeah, so it was... So do you, like, how do you, do you lay out lines first, then black, or, or is it kind of, like, how, how, how are those quick sessions, like... My mind has a hard time wrapping around. I think I'm kind of quick, and I'm, I'm fucking not fast compared to that, dude. He's yeah. lightning. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, you think you're fast, and then yeah. he's, he's, like, next level. Yeah. Um, it was an interesting experience. I got So I went to Rock of Ages in Austin uh, when, he was, uh, when he was working there. He worked mm-hmm. there for, I want to say, eight months. Right. Not, it wasn't too long. Mm-hmm. Um, we started it there, and... Uh, I just went in with no ideas to kind of let him kind of figure it out. And we ended up deciding to do a big buffalo with some skulls underneath Whoa. it. And, um, he drew it all on my back. Took him like 20 minutes. That makes sense. So it's kind of yeah. just a big animal, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there, I mean, with, with the big, I had the big black spot on my back. It's like it had to be something with black hair mm-hmm. or a black panther. Or, I mean, it just, yeah. there were no, there weren't many realistic options. You right. Know what I mean, so. Um, he drew it on and outlined it. I mean, the whole process was probably done and drawing it on and tattooing the outline was probably done in about an hour. Fuck, that puts you in your place real fast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, <laughs> oh, man. And it was like, it was, it was cool because I had been tattooed by Chad a few times before that. And uh, uh, it, was, it was just cool getting to see his, like, a little more in-depth of a process because before that it was all at conventions and stuff. And... It was always, and they were all always quick, but it was just, I guess, less uh, less interactive is yeah. probably the right word. Yeah, conventions are kind of like, it's almost like a club. Like, you're both having separate conversations with each other. It's like, hey, how's it going? And then it starts over again. Hey, how's it going? And then, yeah. hey, how's it going? Like, you can't really care anything. There's so many distractions, so much noises, and just shit yeah. happening, you know? Yeah. Convention dealios is pretty stressful for me. I don't think I'm a fan of them. Yeah, I'm not like a. I'm actually getting ready to go do one uh, in a couple of weeks. Are you doing um, the one out? Or is it Houston or out here? No, I I don't really. Well, Houston just happened. Yeah, I think so. I don't really do any shows in Texas except for the Austin one. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I do the Austin one is just because my friends are there. I don't even have a big market in Austin. Right. Um, but I'm getting ready to go do the Albuquerque one. Okay. Uh, yeah. With some friends of mine. Uh, Kayla Barnard and Marie Senna. Cool. Um, they were they're two pretty pivotal people in in the opening of this place, and uh, we're we have this like New Mexico con- connection because uh, me and Marie are both from New Mexico. Really. And uh, yeah, so uh, it's just kind of it's gonna be a kind of a fun trip. You know, we're just gonna go hang out in the desert and do some tattoos at a casino. And yeah, yeah, they it. do it in a casino, so I'm pretty excited to see what it's all about. I did a convention, and it was like. Um, a Laughlin River Run. Have you heard of that one? No, I haven't. It's uh, it's in this little casino, and it's like not marketed at all. I guess it used to be marketed, and then it was just kind of like, oh, people remember it from last year type of thing. And it was when I did it, it was maybe three years ago, and there was only maybe twenty booths. But it was it was kind of like 
it was it was the most unprofessional but the best convention I ever did. It was like yeah. it was it was two story casino and it was downstairs on the casino floor and there was a hallway that was kind of blocked off and those were rooms were reserved for the artists. You can get a discounted room, so you could go like pee or poo in your own room. You know, I mean, just walk like Whoa. yeah. Sick. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and so the convention was open from like I don't know, like noon to eight or ten. I think it was ten. It was late, right? But the convention the the casino is open 24 hours and have security walking 24 hours. So if you want to tattoo later, you want to do what the fuck you want, you can. Oh. So we tattooed like constantly. So we tattooed all day. Yeah. We stopped, went and got dinner, hung out in the room, showered, kicked back, came back like at midnight. And then like we were tattooing like janitor ladies that were getting off work. They've been talking to us all day when they come by our booth, you know? So we're tattooing all these like people are getting off their shift at the casino, like and then tattooing oh, other man. artists as well. So we're tattooing each other like three, four in the morning yeah. and wake up and do it again. And it was like a weird blur. Like I was only eating like, um, like instant oatmeal from Dottie's upstairs. Like oh. I could I could get the oatmeal oh, and I could put man. water and they sell for like two bucks. I yeah. get I get three of those and like oh. a soda. And then like I think I had like Lay's chips. So the whole weekend was like Lay's chips and oatmeal and, and water. Dude, you <laughs> are an animal. Fucking, I can't do that. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it was crazy. It sounds fun though. It, it was like cool. It was. And I met I met a cool I met a couple of cool people. I met like I met Stevie there and I met um I almost met Catfish Carl. He like came he had a booth there supposedly, but he came on the last day. And he didn't go to his own booth. He just kind of walked all the booths, sold his machines, and just walked on out. And I was, I was bummed. I wanted to get a Jim Dandy like machine really bad, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I think for the most part, I mean, I've conventions have been good. And I've met people and made connections. And went and guest spotted at the shops afterwards, and then I'm like, okay, cool. I don't need, I don't need to do the convention anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're yeah, they're good and bad. Um, with having my own place now, I just. I don't really need that exposure or right. I, 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 all my attention needs to be here now. Absolutely. So I try to, I'll probably just stick to doing maybe one or two a year. The rhythm seems pretty random too. Like people say, oh, that show's not good or, oh, I did good last year or this year sucked or the year before was better. But like, is there really any way of knowing? And there's always different people showing up and there's yeah. no, it's not, it can never really be that organized. It's still just like tattooing on plastic wrap tables, you know, like with a million people around. Yeah, it seems like um, it seems like a lot of them are just a shit show. Usually, mm -hmm. I don't really know that anybody really has it. I mean, I, I don't want to say that nobody has it together, but it seems like there's always something going on. Has to be. There's always a variable, or you know, it's it's the most uncomfortable experience for a tattooer mm. in my mind. Yeah, it puts you, you know? to the test. Like you don't have good lighting, you don't have good nothing. Yeah. When I um when I met you and I came through and did that tat with you. Um, on the way out to that Philly convention like a year or two ago, yeah. um, I overpacked like crazy. I'm like, all right, this convention would be dialed in. I brought like a little printer. I brought like everything. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, it was just as much of a pain in the ass than bringing nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. And the printer was actually not a good move because it was like a, a wireless printer and a bunch of like weird realism dudes also had a bunch of wireless printers oh, too. Oh, so it was hard to connect? Yeah. Oh, and it would like man. take an hour. Like you'd try to print it, try to print it, try to print it. And then you'd like... And then like an hour later, you get like five printouts of your thing. Cause it'd be trying to connect to other people's Wi-Fi and other people's phones and other people's computers and like, Oh my God. Yeah. I wish I would have just like brought like my printed outline book and waited in line and made the print and yeah. stenciled out and crossed my fingers. It's almost more worth it to just have a helper to bring with you and make them go do it. Mm, you know, that makes sense. Um, Good move. Oh yeah. We did that a couple of times, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I, we did that in Austin one year. We brought like 
everything, the stencil mm-hmm. machine and everything. And I mean, it was easier because we just, you know, when you're driving. Right. Um, and it, yeah, same thing. It was That's just, how I looked at it. I was like road trip. I'm like, oh, I could just pack my car with everything. I own a massage table and everything. And, yeah. and it was good in that regard, but. But I don't know. I think I'm I'm in the same boat. I'll do I'll do a convention if like a friend's doing it. Like, hey, I have room in a booth, and that's when I'm like doing it. Yeah. But I'm not going to have my way to do it. You know. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. So let's talk about like how you got into tattooing. You're saying that you're screen printing before. Uh yeah. So when I got out, of, you know, I wasn't really a big a big school guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, <laughs> man. I was really good at it, but um, classic tattoo guy. Yeah, but <laughs> so this is the thing. I was I was really good at it. I'm the oldest of of five kids, um, and I've got four. So I've got four little sisters. And um, when I was in school, if it wasn't for them, I would have just dropped out. Mm. You know, because I knew that you know probably from the time I was a sophomore, I knew that there wasn't really anything that I was gonna. Learn, you know, in the in the last two years of being in school, I was already sixteen, and I was a manager of a Chicken Express. Sick. Yeah, like, so <laughs> I had, figured you know, out. <laughs> I was already doing the big boy stuff when yeah. I was in high school, and I was like, man, I don't, like really, there's nothing for school to offer. Right. Uh, so, um, my girlfriend, now wife, uh, she ended up getting mono, and uh, I just stayed home with her and just stopped going to school and. That screwed a lot of things up, so I did an accelerated program. And anyway, I'm getting off in the tangent, but that's no, uh, all right. Uh, long story longer, I just didn't like school, and so my dad, uh, uh, we come, we came to an agreement that I would graduate high school um, and an accelerated program, in which I just could do it myself. A continuation know? school type thing? Yeah, like I went, to, I just went to this place. It was all self-paced, and um, oh, cool. I, like I graduated my junior and senior year pretty quick like Whoa. within a couple of months so it's all just homework yeah, yeah. i literally my girlfriend at the my wife um she worked at uh the public library so mm. and i didn't have a car so i just go to work with her and oh sick. yeah and do all my school work but uh so i got into screen printing and um because my dad you know he's like well you need to invest in a trade or go to college that's cool so i naturally just wanted to try and do something creative i hadn't really tapped right. into what i wanted to do um, so I got my job screen printing, uh, did that for a few years, had my own business with my friends and rewind. Yeah. I want you to tell <laughs> what you told me last night, how you got into the screen print. Cause it was so gold oh, and yeah. it's too good to leave out. Uh, so I, <laughs> uh, I couldn't really think I've always, you know, I couldn't really think of the easiest way to get into it because it's 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 a skill, it's a craft, and I mean, it's a, in in many ways, it's a lot similar to tattooing, right? Um, as far as like so many variables in the process. Um, so I made a fake resume. I was really good at Photoshop, <laughs> so I made this fake resume and uh, I made it sound real jazzy. Uh, I made up a fake company and said that. You know this company in Denton, which is like an artsy town an hour north of here. Uh-huh. Uh, I said, "Oh, this I used to work for the shop in Denton, and uh, I used to do all these things." And uh, so they were they were ultra impressed. Yeah, and they pretty much hired me on the spot. Uh, so I did, uh, I, and I didn't know anything. Uh, <laughs> like I literally knew nothing about screen printing. I didn't even know most of the terminology. Uh, so. Uh, I went home and did a lot of studying. Um, and so what I would do... Were you not expecting to actually get it? 
I, I don't really know what I was expecting. I was I knew I was terrified. Uh, I was like 18 years old, 19 years old, and you know I had some really, I had some tattoos, um, and I was again I was like uh, into really into like the the emo scene. Mm-hmm. So I was wearing like tight pants. I, I wasn't a very approachable kid. So and I right. went into this ultra professional business like. Mm. With my pants so tight, you could fucking see my ball sacks. <laughs> but <laughs> such a respectable hustle. Like, I think it's so, I just, I think it's so cool that you just, like, made your path. Like, mm. like I'm, I don't know how to do this, but I'm just going to fucking figure it out. You yeah. Know? So, so what, yeah, so what I would do is, you know, they would tell me to clean screens or something, and I would just go look on, you know, on the computer, because this was just a little bit before smartphones. Oh, yeah. God, if I had a smartphone, I would have been... way more efficient right um but i would always take a break or try to get to a computer and i'd watch a quick youtube video Mm. and uh man i'm just amazed by youtube and your ability to learn things yeah you know anything did they catch on or did it work no nobody ever caught on man (laughs) and uh, and man honestly in in a year uh i was managing the place whoa yeah and then they let me start printing after hours and I started building my print business that way, saved up a bunch of money and yeah. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> Chicken express, the culling express, the tat express. Yeah. 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 Sounds, man, that'd be a good name for a shop. Tat express. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so then like, so you were kind of like trading some screen printing, like bartering for tattoos and mm-hmm, stuff at that mm-hmm. time. So, and it's kind of, man, it's so, I, I think about this all the time. Like, how different my life would be if I would have made just one simple decision differently. Mm. Um, because the way I became a tattooer, I had no experience drawing mm. before I started my apprenticeship. Really? Yeah. Nothing? None. I never, t- I took one art class in sixth grade and I hated it so much because they were making me draw fruit. Who the fuck wants to draw <laughs> fruit? You know, and I, you know, and I want to blame the education system for this because uh, I think. Well, they don't tailor it to like to what kids are interested in. For yeah, sure. like I, I think it just would be so much cooler if they did stuff that was more interactive, yeah. you know, less serious, uh, and then maybe intermixed. Because eventually, at some point, I had to teach myself those things that I would have learned in school. Right. Um, and, and so that's a, you know, I don't regret things in life, but I wish I would have done an art class because I would have been a lot further along. Right. In my process, but everything happens the way it's supposed to. Um, anyway, getting back to the the thing, uh, mm-hmm. the thing. Uh, so I got when I turned eighteen, I went to Deep Ellum, um, mm-hmm. and I got tattooed at this shop called Ace in the Hole. Um, and it, man, it was still like Deep Ellum was popping off back then. It's a real trendy area of Dallas. Right. Um, that's where a bunch of uh, shops were. I mean, there were so many shops down there that Dallas ended up having to put an ordinance in. Uh, saying that shops had to be so many feet apart. Right. Uh, and they started with the oldest shop, and then from there they shut shops down. Really? Yeah. So I always hear about them like like, like capping and grandfathering it, but not actually closing. No, yeah. They, they were forcing businesses to close because there were a few tattoo shops that were like right next to each other, like That's wild. shared a wall. You know? I can't and imagine. It's like I know. It was a permanent wild. tattoo convention. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I th- and I think about it when I was 18, I didn't know any better. And I think about it, and I'm like, man, the kid. There were so many choices for me down there, and right. uh, I walked into this shop, and uh, I wanted to get like a little Texas outline with a heart in it, because mm-hmm. I'm emo. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I, man, I waited for. There were so many people in there. I talked to the counter guy. I waited for like six hours, uh, oh. and then the shop's about to close down, and I'm still sitting in the lobby, and the counter guy was like, "Hey." 
did you decide you wanted that tattoo? And I was like, well, f- what the fuck? Like, I've been sitting here for six hours and you just asked me that fucking question. DMV tats. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, like I was so upset. And then they're like, well, man, we're about to close. I don't know if anybody's going to do it. Um, luckily, this guy, Tom Yosinic, uh, he still works in Dallas or uh, I guess Garland. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, he decided that he wanted he would do one last one. My stupid little Texas outline. Yeah, why not? I say stupid. They're not. I don't. I I hate calling tattoos stupid. It wasn't stupid. Um, it was what I wanted at the time. It seems meaningful um, enough. Yeah. So uh, so um, I went in and he did the tattoo, and it was funny because I saw my mentor in there. He worked there at the time. Mm. Uh, I remember seeing his kid in there. Um, so it was like my first experience in which I saw the guy that taught, ended up teaching me to tattoo, uh, got my first professional tattoo and first shop experience. And, uh, so I went to go get tattoo. I got that tattoo and then, you know, shortly after I wanted another one. Mm-hmm. So I went back like two weeks later. Um, and the guy said, well, I'm moving to another shop. Oh. Um, and he moved to this shop called suffer city. Um, and I went, uh, so I followed him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, well, I'm not, I can't tattoo you this week, but next week I can tattoo you at Suffer City. So I went there uh, and I got tattooed there. Um, and then that eventually led to me meeting my mentor. Um, there's lots of details in between, but yeah, um, man, if I wouldn't have gone into that specific shop, it wouldn't have led to me being a, so weird, yeah. a tattooer because you know when I got to Suffer City, I met that owner. Uh, and that owner tattooed me for a little while and then I wanted him to tattoo my neck Fuck. and it ended up being this drawing that was on his on the wall that my mentor had drawn because my mentor started Suffer City mm-hmm. with the current owner and um, so I was like man I want you to tattoo that drawing on my neck it was a rose with crossbones uh-huh. uh, I think it's yeah. on this side yeah. of my neck so um, I he was like, nah, you don't want to get that tattoo for me. And it was the single greatest thing he ever told me to do. He told me to go down. Um, my mentor had just opened his shop, which is down the street from here. It's called Death or Glory. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great shop. Uh, a lot of my friends still work there. And, uh, so I went in, uh, and at the time, he had, literally, he had just opened. And it was him and one other guy. And I walked in, and I was so used to a certain like way of tattooing, and I guess like... I was so used to um, waiting and, you know, like... Just street shop? Street shop style. I'd never even seen anybody draw a tattoo up to this point, mm. right? Like, um, most most shop experience I'd seen, people were just like... I call it click it and stick it. People would... Makes sense. Print stuff off the computer and just slap it on you. Mm-hmm. It was, um, I, I hate... There's not a word I can use to describe it that's not negative, you know, I remember like one of the first tattoo experiences that that I had had was uh, with my wife. We went into a shop in Reno Valley, and they had it so dialed in that they had like two Mac computers on the um, on the counter facing out, and they had like the font website pulled up. Like, yeah, find your font and type it out. We'll print it out oh, the man. size you want. Oh my gosh! And yeah. so we just went through and found the font, and printed it out, and stuck it. It was literally yeah. click it and stick it. Yeah. And now I see that stuff with like those. Um, weird tablet programs with all the preloaded flash, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, whatever that company is that has a million tattoo shops. At the conventions, they'll have the weird, like, uh, a more advanced version of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so so yeah, I, I I wasn't like overly satisfied with my tattoo experiences up to that point. Mm. Um, and I remember the moment I fell in love. I truly fell in love with tattooing was when uh, I went to go see uh, Sam Chamberlain at Death or Glory um, to get my neck tattooed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I walked in and I told him about the drawing that was hanging on the wall in Suffer City. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, you don't want to get that piece of shit. Like, uh, I've already tattooed that on somebody. That's from the fucking 90s. You don't want to get that tattooed on you. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. He's like, just give me a second. And he like walked back into his room. He had a little private office. And I sat in the lobby for like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what he was doing. I thought I was just waiting again. Another six hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, fuck. Is this how this, is this how this works? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, I, and I was like terrified because, you know, some of my other experiences, I would, I would literally be waiting on people to finish playing their video games mm. and shit. And I'm just like, weed breaks and shit. Yeah. Like, no, I never experienced the weed breaks thing. I didn't, I didn't, I never. It's more California, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure at some shops there were, but right. these specific shops that I kind of grew up in, um, there weren't drugs involved. And, and were you already like, were you already tattooed visibly or were you just going for the neck? Uh, no. So I, I think, no. That was my first like visible tattoo, and I, and I hadn't. And yeah, and I hadn't. I hadn't committed to being an apprentice yet at this yeah. point, um, and I didn't even honestly know that I wanted a tattoo yet. But I knew that whatever I did, um, was it wasn't going to matter. That my neck. It's not like you were going to figure it out anyways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, so I'm sitting there in the lobby. Fifteen minutes passes, and then then um, my mentor comes out and he shows me this drawing that he just fucking drew up and I was like blown the fuck away. You draw? Yeah. I was like, what is this? Where did you get this from? You know? And it was just like this simple little rose and crossbones, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was so blown away by him and the effort that he put into that, even though it only took him 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, he, but he took time to, to draw something unique for me. And up to that point, I was just clicking it and sticking it or Mm. getting my own drawings on me, which I highly regret. And right. Um, yeah, that was the moment I fell in love with tattooing. And so before that, you didn't have a foresight of like you wanted to do that, but that made you go like, "That's cool." Yeah, yeah, that's what really like grabbed me. Yeah, I think when I was getting tattooed too, it's kind of the same. I just got stuff I liked. It didn't even matter the style or the application. And like, yeah. you know, say you're like, and I think a lot of people are like that. Like, you get a shitty Star Wars tattoo, and people be like, "Oh, you're incredible! It looks like the Star Wars thing," you know. Or you do a great Star Wars tattoo, get the same amount of praise because. Yeah. Fact of the matter is, it's Star Wars. And they like Star Wars, no matter how yeah, the application yeah, yeah. is, you know. Uh-huh. And I didn't really know, like, I mean, that, that, yeah, a lot, I'm getting a lot of stuff lasered now and stuff, and same. I, I like the things I got, but I don't like the applications or the placements. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some of the people, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that ended up leading leading to my apprenticeship. Um, there was a long there's a long trail that that kind of happened in between then, and I had some more shitty experiences. I I, ended, I didn't start apprenticing there. I started apprenticing at a few other shops in town. And mm. How'd you get at the other shops? Like, um, so the first shop I apprenticed at was was at Suffer City. Okay, yeah. Um, That's cool yeah. that he had like the that he was he was willing to be like, oh, you need to go see him. Go down the street. Yeah, it was That's really awesome. it was highly unusual too, you know, because yeah. most tattooers they're not right. They're not like that. That's cool, you know, and um, so yeah, I mean, I, I definitely I definitely uh, admire and respect his decision to and I and I think it had a lot to do with them being friends and right. the fact that he had just opened up and 
just trying to support him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the owner of Suffer City supporting the owner of Death or Glory. Right. Um, so that was really cool. But so I ended up, I started apprenticing at, at Suffer City and uh, things didn't really work out between me and the owner. This was the first time around. <laughs> Oh wow! Uh, yeah, I thought you were fast forwarding. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not fast forwarding. This is uh, this is the first time I, I was at Suffer City, and um, it just didn't really work out. Uh, so you was know, it because you're an apprentice? No, I I was a little bit of a shithead, you yeah. know. Um, and there were some things uh, I, I, without getting into too much detail because I don't want to. I'm not I don't, I'm not here to bash anybody. Right. So. Um, there were just some things that didn't work out, like lifestyles just didn't really line up, right. and um, uh, the process that was happening at Suffer City wasn't really what I wanted to be involved with. Like I really wanted to get creative and mm-hmm. and draw things and learn to draw and learn yeah. to make tattoos, and uh, so I hopped over to another shop called Queen City, and I worked there for probably three months, um, and it was interesting because. Um, my apprenticeship there so I'd, i had done two tattoos at this point i'd done two of them at at suffer city both outlines and never mm-hmm. even touched a shader right uh and the first day i started at queen city they had me doing walk-ins whoa and that was pretty much how i learned to tattoo like the Damn. that's how i learned like yeah the things that you don't learn right the, the things that people can't tell you right you know what i mean and i'm really grateful for that experience as difficult as it was because um it really got a, it really got a lot of the anxiety out of the way because yeah, I was you in, terrified. See if you're cut out for it. Or yeah, not. I was terrified, man, because they would leave me in that shop by myself. But you have that personality of like gonna figure it out. Yeah. So like that's why it worked out. Yeah. I think, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think um, mo- uh, most apprentices wouldn't would crash. Yeah, you for know? sure. Yeah. <laughs> I just knew that I had to keep pushing, keep pushing, and that's a weird trait. You know, I found that a lot, like especially for me interviewing my friends is that everyone seems to have that in common. There's so many roadblocks and no's and things that like definitely like should have stopped us from like having this career. Yeah. But the difference between like the person that has this career and the person that doesn't, it's not like cool apprenticeship or cool lineage or like, oh, they started this way or that way. It's the fact that they kept doing it. Exactly. And there's so many reasons to stop doing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of how I fell into it. You know, I, I had I had, I had tattooed for like three months and I was I was fucking people up, man. Yeah. <laughs> I remember setting my shader up and I couldn't figure out why the ink wasn't flowing and right. the guy that was teaching me at the time had handmade pigments that were super thick and so the ink wasn't flowing right. You right. Know? Like, yeah. So I'm just like chewing people up and you know I did a quarter size tattoo that took me three hours and uh, yeah. you know like and I was I would just. Uh, I would keep a six pack of Takati in the, in the bathroom. <laughs> and that's where I got my courage from. I would just go like slam a couple beers and uh, Let's get it. Yeah. I mean, that was the only way I could keep my hands from shaking, not yeah. shaking, you know, I'd be like tattooing and right. it was, it was a mess, but they ended up hiring, uh, the shop, that shop was struggling. They ended up hiring an apprentice that, um, was fired. Uh, mm. and that was really disrespectful. Mm. to me like I was like all right this place is obviously a joke mm-hmm. you know because I'm here working my ass off trying to learn and you're hiring a guy that couldn't cut it mm. so why am I here right so I quit yeah and I had, honestly I'd actually given up on tattooing really in general yeah I was just like fuck that man I do not like these people you know and 
my my mentor, the Sam Chamberlain, the guy that uh, tattooed my neck, mm-hmm. um, he had an apprentice. Otherwise, I would have apprenticed there a long time ago. Right. Um, and that apprentice ended up getting fired, and he heard that I quit. And so he reached out to me, uh, and I'm forever grateful for that because he is the reason that I'm here. Yeah. And, you know, it's solely because he called me up and said, hey, uh, I'd like to finish your apprenticeship if, if you're interested. Whoa, yeah, so... It was a very humbling experience because uh, that's not a very common thing either. No, he doesn't need to do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and why would he? Right. You know, um, he barely knew me and mm-hmm. he just knew that I was hungry. And I think that's why he gave me the chance. And um, I finished my apprenticeship there after about a year. And Damn. yeah, I worked for him for a while. And Did you have foresight into like, so from doing those walk-ins in between not drawing and then getting into it, did you have foresight in the direction you wanted to go with tattooing, or is it just like outlining stuff that walked in? Like, how did you kind of get your bearings and get like a focus? Like, because now you have a style, you have a way you tattoo. You oh, know? well, I came I'm, from I'm, somewhere. That, I mean, that that's very flattering to hear. I, I I still don't feel. I still feel like I'm continually working on it. I don't. I don't personally feel like I have a style, but I know that people have told me that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess where my my struggle is is that. Um, and, and probably what makes my story a little unique is that I, I, I had zero drawing experience. So right. the only way I knew how to draw was a tattoo. Yeah, a tattoo traditional, Yeah, artist. traditional tattoo, you yeah. know, so. Um, That's kind of good, it, though, because, like, it didn't, you didn't have skills yeah. like that got in the way of tattoos. Yeah, it was, a, it was a little bit of an advantage um, uh, as, up to a certain point, you right. know, because... I still had to learn things like depth and, mm-hmm. you know, all this, I know all the stuff that you don't learn, yeah. from, you know, from an apprenticeship really. Right. Um, so I didn't really have any foresight. I just knew that I, that I really, um, for me tattooing, I had a, had a spiritual connection with it. I was really interested in the primitive aspect, like our natural desire to, to tattoo and mark and change our bodies. Right. And, um, I was obsessed with that. And so for me, um, especially starting out, tattooing was about finding balance between uh, serving myself and then serving customers. Um, but at first, I didn't really, I, didn't, I wasn't really focused on serving myself. I wanted to serve people. I wanted to give people you, the like, tattoos they wanted. Did you always have that like shamanistic like like like? How did you even think about like? Did you always view tattooing that way? Because when you were in the tattoo shop waiting for the click it and stick it to like having this extreme value in tattooing, yeah, like where did that come from? Did so, that come from him drawing for you the first time, or I think so. I think that's where the I think that's where everything kind of manifested from. Um, and the main and I, I have a spiritual background. Um, I grew up ultra religious, like mm-hmm. non I went to a non denominational church that was like on fire you know like people were dancing and singing yeah. and it was like a it was a holy church man and mm. uh, i got into that stuff and i got in tune with like my spirit and uh, all that and um uh, fast forward a little bit to me starting to learn a tattoo uh i also started becoming less religious um, mm. and started thinking a little more about religion and um so it kind of uh, tattooing kind of replaced religion for me. Yeah, you always kind of have that, that like, um, like that belief that you had still in you is always still in there to like manifest itself in other ways. And there's no denying there's a magic to tattooing. Oh, absolutely. And I don't know how to describe it. And I've heard it described many different ways and it all kind of makes sense. But there is something 
I mean, the way we tattooed it is nothing really primitive about it, but just, just the, the transaction and like, you know, when are you ever like closer to someone that's not your partner, you know, like just sitting yeah. down and hurting someone and exactly, then yeah. physically like paying you. And then, and I think that like, I talked about this recently with my friend Tino and there's, and here's how I know there's a magic to tattooing. And it's not, it's not clients being unaware, uninformed or not knowing, maybe it's a bit, but they can get, say you first start tattooing, you do a horrible tattoo on this person and it go from there's no tattoo to there's a tattoo there. And yeah. that feeling that you both have of like, whoa, that's there, right? And they're like, had this overwhelming like energy, like, whoa, I have a tattoo, like this is amazing, blah, 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 blah. They don't know what they're talking about, but yeah. they think it's amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. But then you tattoo that same person, you actually make a good one on them, or someone makes a great one on them, they're still gonna have that same feeling. And it's not until that feeling wears away or until they have a better one next to it so they can actually see the difference. Like a lot of people who have bad tattoos don't know they have bad tattoos till they get a good tattoo and exactly. they see it. Yeah. But the feeling is still the same. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. mark in time is there's still magic there, you know? Yeah, and I I think that's the biggest draw for me in tattooing is that um you can really alter somebody's life. Maybe that's why people like, get like addicted to it. Yeah, I yeah, know? yeah. That maybe, high. Yeah, maybe. Um, you know? And I guess I've always put an emphasis on on trying to understand why people are even getting tattooed. Right. Um, because uh, unfortunately in, in today's age, there's a lot of rock stars and egos, people that only want to get, you know, they're definitely not do. earned. They're like just, yeah. For yeah. And so um, for me, I don't want somebody that's getting an infinity symbol to mm -hmm. feel any, any less or any, I don't, I don't want them to feel insignificant compared to me doing like, a cool traditional tattoo you yeah. know what i mean because for me they all exist on the same plane and even then like to you being a traditional cool quote cool traditional tattoo that's yeah. just our tribe yeah exactly like infinity symbol like we're like oh that's pinterest girl da, da, da. she's pinterest girl that's her tribe exactly that's her cool like mm -hmm. it doesn't make it any less cool yeah, yeah exactly um and so that's kind of something that i've been trying to nurture and that's actually the whole reason why i even opened this shop was because there's not enough of that in tattooing. There's not enough of the yeah, magic. Yeah, read the quote on the door. Yeah, yeah. that's actually a, that's actually an Ed Hardy quote. I can't take really credit, can't take credit for it. Um, uh, and that's actually it's actually been pretty pivotal in in creating this experience because when people walk in, their guards down already. What's it read again? Uh, it says, "Our hands draw what your heart sees." And I love that because that like comes full circle with yeah. you getting Sam drawn that neck. Yeah, time. exactly. Um, and so it, this this whole experience has been really wild because all these things that have happened in my life have directly contributed to the opening of this place, mm. and uh, it's 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 fucking unbelievable, man. Because um, this place wouldn't have happened if I just didn't let life manifest. You know, right. um, it was a lot. It was an exercise in me letting go. Mm. in a lot of things um, because I wanted this place to be s something else. Uh, this place was named originally the, the place, this place was going to be called lucky bulldog tattoo. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that name because I love bulldogs, you yeah. know, and uh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but it just, it was very self-serving and I thought about it and I was like, no, that doesn't make, that doesn't change what I'm trying to do. I want to make, I want to, I want this to be different. And all that's a cool name. It doesn't. It doesn't have the same feeling. It's not this shop. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I love. I love the name of this shop. I think it like. 
And I think everything looks like y- like you, but it's for everyone else. I see how interactive it is, like with people yeah. walking in. Like I said, the girls come in touching the little gate yesterday yeah, yeah, and yeah. peeking through the like. It's it's really cool. Man, my favorite thing about this shop is the fact that it's it is hidden. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit. It makes it harder for us to be not visible, but mm-hmm. um, because we're on the back of a storefront and you know it's you wouldn't find us unless you were going to something back here right. you know what i mean um but um i wasn't allowed to put the word tattoo anywhere mm-hmm. so it just says welcome stranger on the front of the building and all day long i get people looking in here and they have no idea what it is that people come in that would never come in here and do they end up getting tattooed or like set an appointment um i haven't happen? had anybody yet that that yeah. that Came in it definitely here. piques the interest. Yeah, I've, I haven't had anybody come in yet that, that didn't know what this place was and then get a tattoo. Right. But um, it's opened it up to uh, a wide demographic of people. Just yesterday, I had a had a 70-year-old lady walk in, yeah. and she walked in, and she said, what is this place? It's amazing. And That's she cool. Was, yeah, and she was just so excited. And, it, man, it, it, it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen because – when else is she going to walk into a tattoo shop? And that's a big hurdle, just like the yeah. word the word tattoo itself. I mean, man, it's why landlords are weird about it or cities or whatever. But, yeah. but I mean, I think um, a lot of people will never get to experience it because I think just that – I remember I worked in a shop that was upstairs, and there was people that wanted to, and they look up, but those stairs were a big barrier yeah, to get yeah. into that door. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think um, – I think in some regard, like having a shop more hidden or closed off, it just kind of gets personally, I think clientele that are like more like seeking it out, you get higher clientele. Like they, yeah. They're coming to you because they want to get tattooed here or, yeah, or them or that, you know. Yeah. Um, but, and that's also being visible, but also hidden like that. You, you get people stumbling in like, whoa, what is this? And they open up this whole new world and yeah. possibilities that they never knew. Yeah. And it's I, not I, a pizza hut. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, funny we share a back door. That's why I brought it. So, uh, man, I changed the name to this shop like probably a month before I opened. Really? It was like I was right at the cutoff of like this is the amount of time I have to get my sign made. Okay. And I'm opening up in February. So I'd say I opened up February 15th. So I'd say around the first or second week of January, I decided to change the name to Welcome Stranger. Mm. Uh, and it was just because I was trying to think of... Goes to the location. It's more native to this shop, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I was trying to think of a way to, to, to have a name that's interesting uh, and welcoming. Um, and then I was just flipping through a, an old book, and there's a little sign uh, in, this, in this, I believe it's uh, a photo of cap coleman's shop mm. uh and there's a little sign in the background that says welcome stranger whoa yeah. that's so yeah cool. i got a picture of it on my phone i can show it to yeah. you yeah um so i was like man that's like i as soon as i saw it i was like that's it that's it you know so and people were a little standoffish to it at first but the more and more my vision is starting to come together the more and more people are like i get it mm. you know so it's been incredibly humbling Man, it's it's unreal. I still don't I still don't feel like I'm alive. I feel like I died and I'm just <laughs> like this is my life processing death. You mm. know what I mean? <laughs> That's interesting. So, um, so like, how did like little things like I want to ask why I've been here just in general? Like, you seems like you got lucky with a lot of like the furnishings of. You said that you had a friend that kind of was opening an antiques shop and you got got a lot of stuff. But like, 
that display case is so fucking cool. Like, yeah. how did that come about? Um, so that was actually the display case that they were using. Um, my buddy Ryan. Uh, so they used that in their first store, um, mm-hmm. and then they tried to. It didn't work out, um, mm-hmm. and then they tried to open it up in in where their current facility is it's a construction company a Mm -hmm. construction and build out company um so they opened up an antique store that was attached to their thing Mm -hmm. uh anyway that didn't really work out either and they kind of just didn't really want to do it anymore so um they were having like a big sale and they let me kind of pick through it before Mm -hmm. they like sold it to the public wow yeah um i told them that if you ever sold that counter i was like i gotta have that it's so cool and i bought that thing three years ago and I've had it, and so I had a, I have a, I it's had like a, something I would do in the garage, just sitting there. Oh, man. Wife's like, why the fuck do you have that? I wasn't allowed to just keep wait. anything at the house, so yeah. um, I had to buy a thousand square foot storage unit. Oh, don't I, give Yessi any ideas, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I literally had pretty much everything that's in here stacked up in there, and just collected it over the past three years, ever since I left Death or Glory. Yeah. Um, and it's. Yeah, that's where I've got everything, and it's, I just, I just picked things that I was attracted to. These little like remnants of the past and stuff like that make this place feel like it's been here longer than it is. Cool. It makes the place kind of feel dialed in. Good. Right. You know what wow. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's because cool. like everything's so new, but then you have so much soul in here too. You know? Yeah, uh, it's really neat. So a lot of the a lot of the process in in in, in designing this place is to just be uh, do things that feel good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, um, a lot of when I was like learning to tattoo in my first five years of tattooing, uh, I felt like I was I had a cap on me. Like, I, I didn't feel like I could really like try new things or get weird. And that's like I've always just wanted to really like see what I'm into. Right. You know. And so, although this place is created for the for people, mm-hmm. uh, for for people that want to be tattooed. Um, the the main objective is to for for me on a personal level is to just be creative and be weird and try and show my personality through this space uh, and then also encourage my guys to do the same thing like um, I really want everybody to get weird and yeah. you know loosen up a little bit and uh, we actually do this thing every Thursday where we do like a fun like artistic activity that's low stress like like what. Um, so the a uh, couple weeks ago we did we just picked a sheet of Sailor Jerry Flash and we did this like contour drawing of the sheet. What do you mean uh, contour drawing? So contour drawings when you're looking at something uh, and you have your hand down on the pen. Uh, it's this. Uh, I'm sorry. You have your hand down on the paper with a pen in your hand and you have to look at it. And what it does is it develops hand-eye coordination. Um, and, and you can't look down and you can't look down oh so man. you have to draw it so we drew each section of the flash like so we were like okay we'll, we'll start with the tiger because it's the biggest one so we all tried to draw the tiger and you know most of they all look like shit but yeah it's fun though but within that um one it built it built a sense of community between all of us and it really got us all excited about being creative uh, but two it started creating tattoo ideas Mm. you know so we you know something that we wouldn't normally draw our mind wouldn't because the process of drawing is your mind telling your hand what it thinks something looks like right Mm. so the more that your mind understands a subject matter the better your hand can create it 
Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's where a lot of people fall short in designing tattoos and, de- and just drawing in general is because they're focusing too hard on trying to um, either replicate something right. or not study something. And mm-hmm. um, when you educate your mind, and that's what the contour drawing does, is it's, it's pushing your mind in a direction it doesn't normally go. It's Whoa. very uncomfortable. So when you're drawing a tiger head contour, you're just making the shapes. You know, it's very loose, and that's stuff that you don't do when you're looking at it. Yeah. Uh, or even when you get to pick up your pencil. Uh, so that was a really fun one, man. We and then we like went to the next one. I've got them in the drawer. I can. Do show you, you find like almost like weird shapes? Oh, it kind of looks like a fish, and like yeah, kinda, no, you totally. Know? Yeah, we like we've already kind of like looking at the clouds or something. So yeah. yeah, so one of the, yeah exactly. So one of the next things that we're gonna do is take those sheets and try and create something out of it. That's so cool. we're going to create shapes and tattoos based off of this mess of lines that we have. And we're going to kind of we're, we're each going to kind of refine our sheet mm. uh, and then make it a, a flash sheet to hang on the walls in here. Yeah. When I, when I first started drawing me and my grandpa, we'd go like fast food restaurants and draw napkins and stuff. Yeah. And it was kind of like, he would draw like an eyeball and then I'd draw a nose and he'd draw a mouth and be this weird folky face thing. Yeah. And that was like all of my first drawings was like ballpoint pen on napkins. It was only napkins, cool. never paper. Yeah. And, um, and he'd like, he'd shade all dope on the, on the napkin with the ballpoint pen all yeah, fast. And, and, uh, and he, he wanted me to could be a, like, uh, he wanted me to draw the Sunday funnies. He'd always like, break out like the newspaper and I'm like, oh, those are boring. And then Sunday was in color. He's like, oh, check yeah. that one out. You know what I mean? And, um, and like, yeah. And I remember like, he was like, you need to draw this. You need to do this. You know, cool. he really got me into drawing, but I kind of, I kind of, I think once I started getting hit in puberty, I stopped like caring about drawing. I was just looking at butts instead, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then it yeah, wasn't absolutely. <laughs> just yeah. like the last thing I want to do is draw yeah. something. You should go back to that, man. I think yeah, that, yeah. Like for me, like, I, I'm, I really try to get to the roots of, of, of why I even want to create things. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so, and I've got like a whole book of like prompts that I made for myself. And one of them in there, funny enough, was draw a comic strip. Mm. I've never, I've never fucking done that before. Right. Uh, but I developed this whole comic strip about my do- my cats and my dogs, That's you cool. know, and I drew cartoons for them and it, and, and that process of loosening up, uh, kind of spilled over into tattooing a little bit. Yeah, see, so. I was always afraid of, like, those exercises. Like, you know, pre-tattooing, I did that, and there were graffiti and stuff like that. But, yeah. but when I got into tattooing, tattooing was, like, the new focus. Like, mm-hmm. everything I've ever been into, I've been way too into it. So yeah. tattooing became, like, the obsession. So tattoo art was the art. And I was so afraid for such a long, long time to do anything outside of tattooing in fear that it would serve my tattooing. I yeah. didn't want, like... I didn't want me to be learning something else to trickle into my tattooing because I still didn't learn tattooing yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand that. And I think now I'm like, now I am not only more open to stuff like that, but I like, I really want to do something, you know, like, like, I got obsessed with like, cause Bob Ross is on Netflix. Now. Oh, I love it. Love it. <laughs> so yeah. good, man. Yeah. Yeah. His voice is just so beautiful. That fucking blood, breast slap that Slapping he does. Down, real quick. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love it. So I watched like a handful of those and, it, um, I think just like, 
just like that wet and wet like style and how fast he is it's yeah. like it's like yeah. i could see myself doing that you know so i bought all these oil paints bought this easel bought everything yeah didn't have painting anything yeah. but uh i still want to but that's I, actually one of our activities that we're gonna do that's cool yeah we're all gonna do a bob ross thing together. yes that's awesome um, and this is kind of off subject but what's cool about what bob ross does uh I don't know if you knew this or not, but he didn't make any money off of that TV show. I know he, he donated him to donated like charities all and of stuff. It, yeah. All of it. Every penny he made from that TV show. Well, it was because he was hustling his brand the whole time. Too. Well, yeah, but I, but it's, yes, it's, it was still I, public still access. Admirable. It was yeah, still like, free. Yes. He he yeah. just he genuinely just wanted people to be creative. I think he was that guy, you know, and he said he yeah. was like, I was going down the Bob Ross rabbit hole, and he was like in the military and stuff like that. And I heard that he'd be kind of like a stern military rough guy. And I feel like his painting was a way of him like of therapy and it was a way of him just like being able to kind of release that. And I think he just became like this just nice, happy, like retired dude that just wanted to like paint. You that's know what awesome. I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's just his whole thing. He just wanted to paint and share that with people. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I don't know, it was really inspiring. But now I feel like I was talking to my friend Brian about this and we were talking about a tattooer that we know that is more of an artist than a tattoo artist. Mm -hmm. They're tattooing as a trade in between selling art, you know? Yeah. And how their art negatively affects their tattooing. Cause they're just trying things um, that work on paper that don't work on skin, you yeah. know? And that was my fear, you know? But now I feel like I have a loophole cause now I know how to tattoo. So now I know I keep them separate. Like I can draw on an iPad and I could do a tattoo and doesn't look yeah. like it's drawn on an iPad. But if I learned how to draw on an iPad and then try to tattoo, it wouldn't work out quite the same way, right? Yeah. So I think what, what I'm getting at is, you know, he was saying, he's like, he was like, well, it's different. Like you're a tattoo artist, like learning another art form. Like you've already done tattooing, you know, you can go forward and do these other things yeah. and still tattoo. But doing those things and coming in and tattoo can sometimes like affect your tattooing negatively. Yeah. If you don't know those boundaries. Well, let me ask you this. Do you feel like, um, do you feel like if a tattoo doesn't last very well, like the, do you feel like the longevity is as important as, as everybody makes it out to be? Or is it okay for a tattoo to be a little fucked up after a couple of years? I feel personally, I mean, I think that there's room for every type of person getting tattooed mm -hmm. and every type of tattooers in between, because like, I'm not, the client that wants this thing, like I'm not that thing anyways. Like there's a client that wants a mean person or a nice person or a pretty person, an ugly person, a funny person, whatever. Like, so I just focus on like what I want to do. And then I hopefully I attract people that want that. Yeah. And that just makes my job easy. But I, with my tattooing, I try to find the middle ground. So yeah. I try to like, I don't want to be in the future, but I don't want to be stuck in the past yeah, either. Absolutely. And so I'm trying to be in the middle. So I know for a fact, like, okay, you know, that eyeball on that eagle could have been a little bit bigger because it's going to be a blob, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I wanted to blow it up bigger, but they really had to have it on their forearm, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. maybe I shouldn't have just used one needle grouping that whole, like, tattoo. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I should have broke out a smaller needle and not been so lazy and not try to be like, ooh, I only use one needle. And yeah. I could have done a thinner outline on that eyeball and it would have gave it that much more longevity. Yeah, yeah. So I think I try to, like, know the rules and I know how to break the rules. Mm -hmm. And then I, I definitely overthink my tattoos. And at times I'm like, well, yesterday's is going to have 10 years on it longer than the day yeah. before's. But my goal is definitely, I do, I do want longevity. Cause that's, mm -hmm. that's, um, that played a big role in me wanting to do the tattoos I do yeah. because I originally, like I said, I just wanted the things I liked no matter what application it was. Mm -hmm. And I had this kind of naive um, impression that tattooing was, was permanent and, and it's supposed to be, you know, and I'd gotten, um, 
I got in a slew of portraits and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, one huge mistake I made was I, I got got a portrait of my dad on my arm, and it was like we took a photo together, and I was like, okay, it's a cool photo. I'm gonna get this one tattooed, right? And my mom and dad had been separated forever, and so she was just kind of like, ah, I don't want like she. I'd put the picture out in my room, and she'd put it away in my closet, like ah, fuck that guy, you know? Oh yeah. And so I'm gonna get tattooed on my arm, then you can't take it from me, you know? Oh man, yeah. yeah. So I was like, fuck yeah. So I went to like the best dude. I went to this dude, uh, Ivan, like. Tifo is like, you know, black and gray Chicano dude, just like fucking that is his thing. He'll yeah, make that yeah. picture on your arm. Mm-hmm. But I felt like his his tattooing, it it served a very like um it was it was very in that moment. That looks just like that photo today. Yeah. And it was like it was like his goal is not to make a tattoo of the photo, but it was to tattoo the photo. Okay, and, yeah. And it and it the tones were like dialed in exact to that photo that day. And then they you know, bladder, you know, and, and, you know, this isn't a tattoo. I was meant to be tattooed. It was, it was a photo and it was a light photo. And so I got a light tattoo that healed lighter. And, you know, my dad doesn't have a lot of creases and lines in his face. So his nose disappeared and then his ear yeah. disappeared because there's no outline on his ear. So I had to go back and have an outline in the ear again and put the nose back on my dad. But the, where I fucked up was I threw away the photograph oh, because man. I was like, I don't need to have a tattoo on my arm. You know what I mean? Oh man. Yeah. And I mean, I just seen like, you know, time like Miami Inc was really big and I saw them doing portraits and I seen the magazines and I knew you know tattooing is a permanent art form so I'm just like like all right yeah I got something really valuable like I never really considered to keep the photo you know Mm -hmm. and then even getting other tattoos um I got like this like showcase theater marquee and it was it was a photo of it so like you know they went and outlined the letters in red because the letters were lights and they were white you know and then it healed up and he couldn't read it so I had to go back and have them outline it in black you know yeah yeah and um and that almost kind of like um kind of killed tattooing for me like it kind of it it didn't have the value that I thought it had when I saw it on me yeah absolutely gone so when I started um so that's why I was in like the heavy black stuff and then the American traditional stuff and just tattoos that generally looked like tattoos. Um, because I was like, okay, I want to, I want to give something permanent to someone like mm-hmm. that's what, that's what made it valuable to me. Now I have a greater appreciation and like there's, there's tattoos that I can appreciate that like, okay, yeah, that's 50, 50 chance. That's going to hang out there. Like that might drop out this and that. I think ultimately like, every tattoo is going to look like shit one day. Like yeah, we're going to look like yeah, shit one day. Exactly. Yeah. I agree with that. I think it needs to be recognizable. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is like, yeah. I'd rather have like the crawling Panther blow out and be a crawling Panther blob. than maybe a crouch turned over a really cool, unique, different crawling Panther and it's unidentifiable shape of a blob. Yeah. You'd I have you the mean. Eagle be a blob than like an Eagle. Like what is that? Yeah. Shape, I, I you know? get what you're saying. Uh, I think for me, um, a lot of, a lot of, and, I, and I'm not. I'm not trying to say that I that I don't that I will. I'll tattoo anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, if it's something that I don't feel like it's going to last a long time, I'll certainly advise my my clients like, hey, look, this is the limits of tattooing. I'm always down to push those limits, mm-hmm. you know, because at the end of the day, a tattoo is just something that's in your skin. So, um, a, a certain level of it, you have to consider that. It's, none of it's ever going to be perfect. Um, yeah. So if you want perfect, they should. If they want a, like a portrait, they should buy a photo. Exactly. Want oil painting, yeah. They should like buy an oil this painting. is yeah. This is just the medium that we're working with. So yep. uh, a lot of things that I tell people like 
I mean, obviously, if you tattoo like a yellow infinity symbol on somebody's wrist, mm. my wife has a yellow infinity symbol <laughs> on her wrist. Uh, and that, that motherfucker's still there, man. And right. she got it 10 years ago. Yeah. So, um, and it was done by somebody that just got lucky and didn't really, you know, right. didn't really. But it's also simple enough to like, you know, say she got like a detailed rose outlined and only yellow. Like, yeah, it would be there, but it wouldn't be identifiable. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, in, in that instance, I would, I would recommend something you know it needs something to anchor it because mm-hmm. there's you can get away with it, a small symbol and color yeah in design there's balance in everything so right. if you want something that's solid yellow it needs to be bold yes you know exactly like if you do like an all white tattoo you're yeah. not gonna go a thin line on it it's silly no. you know you're you know? gonna use a fucking 14 yeah or for something, sure you know like, you need something to contrast between you and your skin yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I guess i try to encourage good design absolutely m- more than I, I don't want people to come in here and feel like they have to get a traditional tattoo I love doing traditional tattoos, mm-hmm. um, but more than that, um, I love empowering people with tattoos. So if somebody comes in and wants something fine line, it's my duty to figure out how to do that and deliver it to them. And who's to say traditional isn't fine line? Like, yeah, yeah. Traditional yeah. now is just making like, we're trying to replicate these like dudes with old tattoos and make them today. And like, yeah. we're making old looking tattoos, but like yeah. they weren't always all bold as shit. Yeah. Like, oh, a couple years like, ago, the 18 round phase, like that's not traditional. That was no, never a thing. No Who yeah. the fuck is soldering that many needles together and getting yeah. down back in the day? You know, that's new, you know? Yeah. Well, I think like, well, like a big one that's popular that a lot of tattooers don't want to do is the watercolor stuff. Mm, right. Uh, understandably. So it takes a, quite a bit of effort and mm. it's not like a natural there's not a natural translation between watercolor on paper and then watercolor on skin. I would so, argue that traditional tattooing is watercolor. Yeah? All the flash is watercolor. Well, well <laughs> you got me there, man. All I do is watercolor yeah. all fucking day. Yeah, you got me there. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with the watercolor stuff as long as you have a contrast of, like, you want, like, trashy, scribbly, sketchy thing with water bursts of colors. Yeah. Like, you know, black, scribbly sketch and then you know the colors and if they fade out you still have what you're going for maybe yeah, yeah. you know or like or maybe use colors that have more longevity on their side you yeah know? i mean i would recommend reds and blues as a yeah. primary and then from there mm-hmm. we can do like a little bit of the more dramatic colors yeah you know or even I mean? like i think the gray ones could be really cool like the gray wash ones and they yeah. heal subtle and that's what they want if it fades out then they're even more stoked because like they wanted it faded and now it's faded yeah know? I think because uh, you're embra- embracing the delicacy of it, like like the, yeah. it being delicate over time, you yeah. know. I can't um, I can't overstate the importance, and especially in this situation, in, in in watercolor tattooing, I can't overstress the importance of like what Ed Hardy was doing, mm. um, because I I got the courage to do watercolor tattoos from reading The Invisible Man and yeah. and and reading about Ed Hardy's approach to custom tattooing and. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was an art student, so he wasn't, you know, he came from a, a different background, obviously. Um, and I'm, and although I'm not an art student, I'm a student of art. I like that. Know? So yeah, that's fair. Um, I like, I really wanted to try to embrace the same things that he does. Mm. Um, and so honestly, a couple of the guys here wouldn't even do watercolor tattoos until I explained to them my outlook on it and said, hey, look, Ed Hardy was doing this shit in the 70s. Well, that's sometimes you know, all it takes for someone to hear because I think people are just kind of, you know, they're kind of spitting out what they've heard spit out before them. Yeah. This is right and this is wrong and that's what's it's it. unfortunate because yeah. um, that's not, like, for me, tattooing can be anything it needs to be. Yeah. You know, um, it doesn't have to be Because anyone and everyone's getting them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and 
And then back to kind of what we were talking about with the Friday the 13th thing, like tattooing has been around so much longer than any of us. Right. You know what I mean? Nobody here owns tattooing. Nobody here. Um, yeah, there's a set guidelines, you know, and a right. lot, you know, a lot of that stuff is, you know, Sailor Jerry set the standard for. Yeah. He figured out a way that works really well. Um, and I'm and I love that style. Sailor Jerry is one of my top guys, obviously. Yeah, and he just also dialed in a lot of things that are already happening. And just the way the way he'd bring the brow line up over and connect, like yeah. that's so genius when it heals and it blows out. You still have an eye separate, like exactly. Just all these little things where it's like it's like oh, I wonder why I do it like that, and then you see a tattoo, you're like oh, I see why I did Fuck like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some, man, it's like I'm blown away. Every and the day. faces to yeah. scale too. A small face is a small face. A big face, a big face. And like you try to get artsy and like add to it and this and that, and it's just like. You can't fuck with perfection, you know. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, it's just it's 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 a hard line to draw, and so I don't draw it. I just mm. create things, and um, like I said, I've definitely done some tattoos that um, probably aren't going to last as long as the traditional ones. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that for that specific person in that specific instance, I would encourage people to get to know their customers and determine what's right for them. Instead of just having a baseline, no, this isn't what I do. Mm. Um, it's it for at least for me, it's more important for people to to feel that magic that yeah, we were true. talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if I've got to do a red outline of something, obviously red works pretty okay yeah. for outlines. Yeah, but sorry. or if I've got to do something in gray wash, or mm -hmm. uh, if I got to do a fucking white tattoo, I'm not here to sit here and make the person feel stupid. I would argue that white is is. Like if it's if it's laid in, it's like the longest lasting color. The yeah. sun's not fading it, you know what I mean? No. Yeah. And if it looks light, it's just because like the pigmentation of your skin, or you need to shave and exfoliate it. But it's there. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think the reason why a lot of white doesn't stay in people is because like, say some like fine line black and gray dude's doing like portrait, and he uses that same like like light hitting machine to try and lay in this thick powder pigment. Like, mm -hmm. and he pops in a couple specks on the eyeballs and it fades out. He didn't like put the white in the skin. He just put it on top of the skin for the fucking photo, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you lay white in, like, I mean, my friend Sydney, like, I did a white ink palm tattoo on her like six years ago, and it's like the best palm tattoo I've ever done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the pigment's the pigment's just dramatically different than the rest of our palette. You know, yes. it's like a heavy load. Yeah. So it's fucking it's like a little glued bit different to work with. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit different to work with. So, yeah. Um, one thing that a lot of people don't know about Sailor Jerry is he, I mean, well. He created white pigment for us to use, first mm -hmm. of all, uh, at least to my understanding. And then um, his use of white in his tattoos, a lot of people don't know about because all these photos are really washed out mm. that you see of his work. Mm. But if you see, um, I, I had the I had the pleasure of, of, of meeting Mike Fight before he passed away. Mm -hmm. um, and the experience I had, it was probably about three or four months before he passed away. And then the experience that that guy gave me uh, was life altering because wow. he has he had all these like really high resolution photos of Sailor Jerry's so cool. shop and like all the stuff all the photos you've seen before mm -hmm. but it's just like actually see them they're high res mm -hmm. and so he was like dude didn't even know me I had been in his shop for an hour and he was showing me all these things these back pieces where Sailor Jerry would have water with you know the blue and then he would pack white really? from blue to the black line Whoa. in the water. And a lot of people don't know that about him. And I think it's pretty interesting to have all these traditional guys shitting all over white because if Sailor Jerry was here today, he'd fucking be slapping the fuck out of mm. everybody. Like, 
what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah, I think that there's like even even traditional is such a blanket term. Like, what tradition are they following, and what era, and what year, and what artist? Like, everyone yeah. has their spin on things. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's the you know I think that I think that if someone wants this is kind of off topic, but like someone wants to get like a cohesive sleeve, but they were like a tattoo collector. It's like almost impossible to get now because there's so many styles and so many oh, different yeah. colors. Like before, you know, you had like three styles, you know, yeah. and everyone had the same like spotting and national flash. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like, even though you're going to a different person, they're probably using the, the same color palette, the same size line. And, and they're, they're voting for similar at like placements, you know? And now it's like, um, I think collecting tattoos can be really difficult because everyone just, there are no rules. Everyone's got a yeah. whole different thing. One person's yeah. going to put too close. One person's going to too far. One person's going to overlap. One person's going to shade around it. One person's going to like, you know what I mean? You never know. But I think that's kind of cool. It's like the, it's like the Tom DeVita approach. Just, I mean, I, and that's kind of uh. something that I've got from him. Just don't even worry about it because whatever happens on your arm is you. That yeah. is, that is your personality. Right. You know, or it is, uh, yeah, I mean, you can get a bad tattoo and somebody could fuck your whole arm up, but, um, but it's only up to you to decide that yeah, and think like that. Yeah, so you made the choices to get there. You mm. know what I mean? So right. everybody gets the tattoos they deserve. I agree. You know what I, I mean? I agree with that. 100%. So, um, yeah, I, I try to, I, I, in instances like that, I think about like the shit that Tom DeVito is doing. And it's mm-hmm. like a lot of people, I mean, nobody's not, like still, at least to my knowledge, nobody tattoos like that dude did. No, you know, he would yeah. just fucking start tattooing. He would, sometimes there wouldn't be stencils and he yeah. would just slap things on top of things. And yeah, was I wild. don't encourage that, but it's, it's His brain was different though. You yeah, know, he was I, a true I definitely, original. I definitely admire that, you know, yeah. and, and I try to, I try to find, you know, with, especially with, the, with, you know, the older tattooers and the forefathers and everything. I try to find something I can take from each guy mm. and create my own thing. Right you now, so um, I'm still working on it. I have no idea how I want, even want a tattoo still, mm. um, but I'm in my process. I just try to be the same that I am with this shop. I just do what I like. The cool thing know? in tattooing is that there's there's like constant um, things propelling you in a direction. Like even if you don't want it, like you do something good. People tell you it's good. They come in and want that thing, and now you're doing more of that thing. Yeah. Or sometimes the thing that you didn't even want to do is end up being your favorite thing, and you again, it was like an exercise to work with that client and yeah. like, and you're like, I didn't know I wanted to draw that lily Absolutely. that way. And now I love drawing lilies that way or whatever, yeah. you know, man, I've had that happen to me so many times where I'm like sitting down drawing something, getting frustrated. And I'm like, man, I don't fucking want to do this. And then I'll stop. And I'm like, you do want to do this because you're a tattooer, mm-hmm. you know? So set your ego aside and give this person a good tattoo and figure out a way to be interested in it. It's definitely really easy to like get spoiled. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, absolutely. Like we just draw on people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, it, it's, it's, it's really, really easy to, to, to lose sight of that. I constantly have to check myself on that. Oh yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. And I, it's like same here, man. I mean, I, like I said, I, I really enjoy serving people, but I catch myself all the time. Like in the back of my mind, I'm like this fucking stupid thing or mm-hmm. this person requested this. And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like, yeah, this person back of the chicken express right now. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> like this person's coming to you to give you money to mark their body for the rest of their lives. And whether they know it or not, you're going to, this mark will change their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, it will change the trajectory of their life. Mm-hmm. This experience will change the trajectory of I think their so life. Too. So I need to take a minute and understand that there is something bigger than me happening. Yeah, you have to put yourself in that situation. Like, you know, 
you know, my, my wife's helped me out with this a lot too. Mm-hmm. There's tattoo shops I worked in where we didn't really, you know, like we weren't as like good on our customer service as we could have been over the phone or yeah, the way yeah. we greeted clients and things like that. And it's like, you know, it is scary walking in a tattoo shop and like, oh, yeah. you know, just cause this is your normal doesn't mean it's like that 70 year old woman's normal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you really have to like constantly mm-hmm. remember that. And there's shops, like I remember, um, yeah, me, me and Yessie actually first went to San Francisco, we went to this like really, really cool tattoo shop that like blew my mind. And it was like on Hayton Ashbury and I saw the window, I was like, whoa. And it was like, I, I don't know, there's like acrylic sticker signs where we live. There's no hand painted stuff. And it's oh, hand painted yeah. stuff. It's San Francisco. It's like magical. And you're mm-hmm. like, whoa. And we walked in this shop and it was just like, I was blown away. And this was like, I think I was just about almost done with my apprenticeship or something like that. And so I was aware enough, but Instagram was still new. So I wasn't like following people outside of my circle. And so being out there was a whole new thing. And we walked in and we were just like, fuck. And we're looking at the walls. We're all super stoked. And, and the shop was kind of dark. I think they had maybe just opened and everyone was kind of tucked away in the back of the shop. Oh yeah. And like, and so I was like, kind of like, we're kind of like making like suggestions like, yeah, cool. Out loud. Hoping like someone like kind of, oh, hey, you know, hoping someone to come talk to us, you know, and look at the portfolios we hang out and, and maybe we're only in there for five minutes, but to me it felt like 10 or 15. I don't know. Cause in my brain, I don't know. And, um, no one came up and even said hi to us, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we weren't, we weren't like, I mean, this isn't justifiable, but we weren't like, we probably weren't going to get tattooed. Maybe they knew that, whatever. Who gives a fuck? You know, I wanted to become a tattooer and now I look at that shop like, eh, fuck that shop. Yeah. And it's not fair for me to say that. Yeah. But it's also not fair for them to like, like that one little mark in time. I remember that. Yeah. You never know who's going to yeah. walk through your door and you have to like treat people good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, um, and that little, little thing, like put a bad taste in my mouth to this day. Man, yeah, I mean that same. So same thing with when I got my first professional tattoo. I waited around for six hours. Yeah, you know, and then when I got my several next several tattoos, mm-hmm. I was just, it was, it was terrible customer service. You yeah. know, and I'm like, man, like, I'm really excited about this, but I feel bad about it mm. because these people aren't. They don't match my enthusiasm, or they don't. They don't even act like they're interested. Because they're, they're not. Yeah, and yeah. That, and that. And, so I think that really set the tone for the rest of my life. This, yeah, this little, I agree. Little instance. Absolutely. And so, um, from, from the, from the start of my apprenticeship, I, I knew that wherever I was going, I knew that I didn't want anybody to ever feel the way I felt mm-hmm. in the first, my first several experiences. So, um, that has kind of been the fuel to my fire for, for where I am right now. Yeah, I think when you get it, where you get it, and who does it, those things, those three things are super important, and they're interchangeable. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I'd rather have like a really good mark in time by a really good person, like by a shitty tattooer, than an amazing tattooer by a shitty person at a shitty mark in time. Yeah, absolutely. you know what I mean. Yeah. And the goal is to hit all three, mm-hmm. and there's no reason why we can't because there's so many yeah. fucking tattooers. You know, it's like, and, and we have like a constantly updated like magazine in our phone, Instagram, just, oh, man. it's too much. Yeah. So it's like, there's really no excuse. And it, it only comes, rings more true of like the people with the tattoos they deserve. You know, if you want a quick tattoo, you get quick tattoo. You want a cheap tattoo, you get a cheap tattoo. You want mm-hmm. like, you just kind of walked in well, you're just going to like roll the dice and that's what's going to happen. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, people do get the tattoos they deserve, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, and it's funny because, um, I recently had <clears throat> I recently had an experience with some customers that um, 
didn't appreciate everything that I put in to how mm. I was serving them. And, and, and honestly, I, I probably had served this, these particular customers better than I had served most of my cut most of my client base. Like right. I go above and beyond coming in on my days off, staying late, like mm-hmm. no questions asked, never made a smirk once about it. And, uh, there was a point in time in which I realized, man, these, these people just really, uh, don't care about what I'm doing. I gave them these absolutely perfect tattoos. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, being a tattooer, you know how difficult it is to execute yeah. something like without any flaws, right? You know, it's so difficult cause there's, you know, things can heal hard, yeah. things will blow out, you know, yeah. like. Um, Even when you turn your machine down, that skin just in that yeah, spot sometimes. Like there's so many, there's yeah. so many variables into creating a tattoo. It is so hard to create something that is just, yeah, just looks so good. And I, I'm sure there's some little flaws in it, but there was literally nothing wrong with this tattoo. And I yeah. gave these people my absolute best, mm-hmm. uh, and they still came back for touch-ups. Mm. And there was, and I still did it. You yeah. know what I mean? Out of principle, because even though they don't appreciate what I'm doing, I need to, I need to make sure that, um, I'm still giving my best. And, uh, hopefully at some point in time, those people, you know, I, I don't think that I'm going to tattoo them again. I, I've never turned anybody ever away. This is the first time I've ever been in a situation where I'm like, man, you guys really sucked the life out of me on and that. It's so and, stressful. And for you, you sucked, yeah. And you sucked the fun out of it. You know, yeah. I was really having a great time with you guys. And now, it's hard, you know, like what, yeah. what do you do with that? So I, I'm struggling with how to, how to handle that situation. But my hope is that they'll see down the road that, oh man, this guy was really doing us a solid or, mm. you know, this guy gave us really good work. I almost want them to go get tattooed somewhere else because right. uh, there was a bit of a miscommunication between us and uh, one day and uh one of my customers had threatened to go to another shop and I almost mm. wanted to be like, do it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, please. Pr- Cause I want you to understand what I'm giving you. Absolutely. You know, and not that it's like some holy great, you know, like I'm not saying that my product is the best product in the world, but as from a customer service standpoint, um, I like to see, I like to think that I'm like, at the top, <laughs> yeah. you know? yeah. I'll even put aside my own, you know, comfort levels sometimes, just, mm-hmm. just so that people could feel that little bit more of that magic. Yeah. And maybe it's to a fault, but uh, only time can tell. You know? Right. Um, but circling back, like, I think about it, and that was one instance in which I felt like somebody got a tattoo they didn't deserve. Yeah. But, but yeah. Um, maybe they did deserve it, and I just don't understand why yet. So. Mm. And maybe they don't understand how to value it until they go and get another one exactly and compare and so, contrast and they go oh i had it pretty good yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so um can they get a can they get a better tattoo in dallas absolutely yeah you know i'm not i'm by far not even close to being the best tattooer um but i definitely like to think that the the experience that i offer to people is something unique mm-hmm. um and i think that some people get spoiled on that yeah. So, uh, it's a struggle, man. Like, uh, like I said, I'm trying to find balance between serving myself and serving customers, mm-hmm. uh, because I've always been so customer forward. Uh, but now I'm kind of at a point where I'm like, what do I want to make? Mm. And those things don't always line up. What are so. you into right now? What have you been excited about in tattooing? Um, man, what have I been excited about? Uh, I've been trying to, 
this whole like primitive motif is really interesting to me. Like I, I really think about where tattooing came from and the process before we charged money for it. Mm -hmm. and, um, I'm really, uh, I, I'm really into like, um, I, I'm trying to think of how to articulate this. I, 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 the spirituality of tattooing and so anything that kind of that kind of leans towards that um, I'm really into like black lines and heavy stuff right now really like triangles and just mm -hmm. I mean it, it may a little bit it's also a little bit trendy right now but uh, for me there's a deeper layer to it yeah um, so I'm I'm just really into anything that that um, I can't put it into words. Makes you feel more connected to tattooing. Yeah, yeah. You know? like the the I want to get more in touch with with what's happening uh, spiritually and emotionally, and um, those are the things that kind of excite me. Like that's interesting. Yeah, like uh, although I, I and it's kind of funny because I most of the stuff you'll see on my Instagram is super traditional and yeah, kind of weird and um, but for me, I still I still try to. I'm losing my train of thought a little bit. Uh, I, I try to incorporate some sort of spirituality in each of my tattoos. That's cool. You know, uh, whether I think, I think even things are trendy, it doesn't mean they're bad. Like yeah. things are trendy because they're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like ideas, good ideas catch on because they're good ideas. Yeah. Even like songs that we hate, it's like like they're still in our head. Like there's a reason why it hit. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah. I think a lot of these trends are good ideas they just kind of lose their luster when they're done so much yeah magic, and i'm trying not to be you know afraid I mean? of that mm -hmm. you know because it's it's so cool to be counterculture right you know what i mean uh, and uh, i want to just be honest with myself about what i want to make mm -hmm. and so um honestly i want to make a tattoo shop you know and that's why this is you know like yeah i've been really digging like doing different things in here and just making this place look weird and creative because the ultimate goal is for people to be inspired by this place. Yeah. Um, I want people to, to feel energy when they walk in here and I want people to feel, I want people to leave here wanting to make something. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so that's why I'm, I'm kind of doing the things I'm doing is because they see a lot of people have been saying that they see my personality in this. Yes. Um, yeah. And so that's cool because I want people to see that there are more ways to do things than just what you typically see, mm. you know? So, uh, I don't really have a whole lot of flash on the walls. Um, yeah. I was wondering what your plan was with that. Um, I just don't want people to feel pressured into it. You know what I mean? I don't want them to feel like, uh, I mean, I do have some stuff, you know, like, for sure. Um, but, but it's like eclectic, all kinds of stuff. It's yeah. Like we have, it's like friends are stuff inspires you stuff that just, stuff, so I ran, stuff out of, like. I ran out of space getting tattooed. Mm -hmm. uh, so I started commissioning paintings from my favorite tattooers and stuff. And mm -hmm. now I'm just kind of hanging those on the walls and that's cool. Um, yeah. And so, and I, and I encourage a lot of the, when I commission paintings, I encourage people to get weird with it and have fun with it. And, I, I want people to stretch their minds. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. um, creativity is exercise, and this place is a, a, just a place for people to exercise their minds. You know, whether I love that. Yeah, I don't even really care if you get tattooed. Like, I want people to come and feel like they can just come in and stop by and get a little creative buzz going, and then go home and fucking do a Bob Ross painting or Fuck yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, so. Uh, I, I honestly, I don't really know what I'm doing, but 
I'm letting I'm letting life manifest itself. Um, and that was the biggest struggle with opening this shop is because I expected this place to be a certain way and it's completely different than I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a lot of beauty in that because um, this shop now has life. Whereas, yeah. whereas if I would have forced this name, this place to be called Lucky Bulldog or if I would have forced it to have flash on the walls or if I would have forced it to you know, look like a tattoo shop or painted it like a other tattoo shops, then I don't, I wouldn't have been doing this place justice. And yeah, it's cool. Cause it seems like the, the artists that work here too can leave their mark and have their stuff up and everything kind of intermingles and everyone's yeah. inspired and you like their wall and they like your wall and the things in between and the stuff in the case. And it's like, it's not just your clients are getting inspired. Like I'm inspired and I'm sure your yeah, colleagues are inspired, you know? Yeah. So one of the next things I'm doing is I'm, I'm having a buddy of mine help me paint um, kind of a, a little motif on the wall that kind of resembles the shape of an altar. Mm. Um, and so each station's going to kind of look like um, it's like what those guys worship, you know, because when they mm. hang stuff on the walls, it'll be it's like your altar. You yeah, know? that makes like, sense. Um, you know, everybody's into different things and I want everybody to express those things. That's um, cool. So I want these stations to look a little sovereign and like really pique some interest with yeah. people. Like, well, what is this? You know, I like, like that. Uh, I kind of want this place to feel like a temple. You yeah. Know? And so I don't know. I'm so like, excited to come back and see it again. Like, yeah. It changes every week. Yeah. Every, every week. And uh, fucking cool. Oh, and with the help of my guys too, I'm, I'm com- incredibly fortunate to have, um, my the group of guys that are here mm-hmm. same thing it, it manifested naturally i didn't yeah. two of the guys that work here i met when i worked at suffer city and mm-hmm. uh, i was told to fire them when i started working there and mm-hmm. i was like you know what let me give these guys a chance and now they're some of my best friends you yeah know? and uh, my buddy thomas uh, i actually technically apprenticed under him mm-hmm. he, he worked at the shop i worked at while i was apprenticing wow yeah um and me and him have such a strong dynamic that um he's my right hand man and yeah uh, and then our you know my friend jackie she's same thing she's a she's a sweetheart and just wants to make art and tattoos and she's got a family and needs to be able to come and go so i want this place to be like what they need it to be Mm -hmm. you know what i mean everybody needs a safe place to to create and so um and it's funny you say that thing on the front door uh, I hired a guy because he liked like my buddy Adam. The only reason he came in here was because I posted a picture of the front door and he was so attracted to that saying that he's like, that's cool. Yeah. He came in here and asked me for a job and I hired him on the spot because he said that's why he wanted a job. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. I didn't know anything about him. He doesn't tattoo anything like anybody here. And I was like, fuck it. This guy is cool. He's got the spirit that for creating and, it's been awesome. He and he's become he just fucking fit right in, yeah. you know. And it's been it's been really cool, you know. Um, I'm not in a hurry to hire people or bring people in here because I want the right group. And know? it'll just happen as it already is. Exactly. Been yeah, it'll manifest naturally. And um, I've got three more stations, you know. Yeah. Uh, most places will try and fill those out, but I built this place so that there's creative freedom for everybody. There's no stress on people having to make a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, I can pay for this place myself if I needed to. I don't want to cause it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's not the cheapest thing, but, um, 
it's nice having that security. That's smart. You know, um, yeah. because what that did was it, you know, it, it just loosened things up here. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's not any, there's not an urgency to do anything. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm, my group of guys is, I'm, I'm incredibly fortunate for them and I, this place wouldn't exist without them for sure. So, um, it's been, a, it's been a fun ride so far. Just <laughs> the beginning, man. Yeah. It's only been four months and I'm like, I'm still blown away. Like I said, I, I actually had a lot of anxiety about opening this place because it just felt like things were happening. Like when I let go and let, let things just happen naturally and let life influence me, mm-hmm. it, it started feeling so f- like surreal. Like, man, I really, I, I let go of control and things are happening the way I wanted them to. I just didn't know I wanted them to happen that way. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, with like the name of the shop happened naturally. This this location happened naturally. Right. It took me a year and a half yeah. to, to get to find a place to tattoo, and um, mostly because Dallas isn't receptive to yeah opening new shops. But um, I'm glad it happened that way, yeah. and I'm glad I opened the shop and the timing that it happened. Like it's like I think back and everything just happened the way it was supposed to. That's so cool. So. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it doesn't come without struggle. I mean, this is the hardest thing I've ever fucking done. Yeah. Um, but it's the most rewarding too. Exactly. So, uh, it might be killing me a little bit, you know, like stress wise. Hard work pays off though. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, in, in life, I feel like you have to decide what you're willing to die for. Mm. And I'm willing to die for the cause, you know, like if tattooing killed me, I'd be cool with that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Let's end it there. I yeah, love cool. that. Cool. Fuck yeah, dude. Sweet. Thank you for doing this. This is yeah. cool sitting down. Yeah, thanks, man. I really appreciate it.